0: Hey there everyone, I'm Patrick Ferguson from SkullSplitter Dice and to celebrate recently hitting 10,000 subscribers, I chose to talk about space today. It's a bit more than a setting shift if you're used to traditional Dungeons & Dragons, so I'm excited to be talking about a few of the different game types here. There are countless homebrew systems for every flavor of space adventure, from gritty realistic sci-fi to light-hearted ray guns and Martians. Each system will have their own pros and cons, but here are a few that I think are the most likely suspects to arrive on your game table. If you're someone that's into a bunch of different battle maps, terrains, and things like that, this one will be for you. It's Starfinder. If your group plays Pathfinder, uh, this is more than likely what will be coming to your table, I would assume. Practically all the pros and cons of Pathfinder are still present in Starfinder, so if you're happy with Pathfinder, you'll have no problem making the transition. One major difference is that it takes a little getting used to in the new resolve and stamina system. But once you adjust, I think you'll find it rather intuitive. If you're not familiar with Pathfinder, though, Starfinder is rather dense and foreboding in terms of its rule set, so prepare yourself for a long read before you get started. Now let's talk about Star Wars Edge of the Empire and it's two other variants. Obviously being a huge fan of Star Wars might be the barrier of entry for some, but even if you're not, I think just about anyone can have fun with this game. It's rule set is easy enough to understand, especially if you've played an RPG before, different enough to feel new, and the can be fun of Star Wars definitely is baked into every aspect of this game. You'll have to adjust quite a bit if you're used to using a typical D20 dice system though, which I assume if you're watching this video, you probably are. Star Wars Edge of the Empire has its own set of custom dice with their own symbols without any numbers. This is something that I feel like I should dislike, but in truth, it's one of, if not my favorite, dice systems to use as a GM. These dice can cover so much more narrative ground and can add such exciting variations to your successes and failures. If you don't want to buy these weird dice, which are pretty pricey for what you're getting, there's a few free custom dice roller apps available out there. There's also a conversion system available, so you can use a set of normal polyhedral dice, but please don't do this. (laughs) It's a quick way to slow down what is honestly my favorite sci-fi RPG. And then, of course, we have Spelljammer. This one's more of a long shot, but it's a classic, and if your GM is a veteran player, you might get to enjoy this fantastic setting. Spelljammer is an old, beloved D&D setting that doesn't have an official 5e version yet at the time of recording... It seems to be all but confirmed, though, and on the way. Think solar sails on pirate ships in space, magical fantasy elements zipping between the planets on solar tides. It's a bit of steampunk with a dash of Flash Gordon mixed in with a ton of classical D&D. It may take a bit of hard work to actually get a campaign like this going, but I guarantee whoever you find that's interested in the idea will be very interested in the idea. Sci-fi settings are just as varied as traditional fantasy settings, and once you've established the system you're playing, you'll want to figure out what your GM is going for. Should you prepare for harrowing spacewalks for emergency repairs, or are you more likely to fight space wizards and rescue princesses? Match your character thematically to the world your GM has in mind. It'll save you quite a bit of headaches down the line and will make the collaborative storytelling between everybody much more cohesive and just way more fun. In space, nobody can hear you slowly run out of oxygen, freeze to death and then crack apart like a broken porcelain doll. The danger correlates to how fantastical or realistic your system is. But space is pretty much the most dangerous place you could possibly be besides maybe the heart of a volcano or something like that. Even more so than seafaring campaigns, even more so than planar adventures. If something goes wrong in space, it really goes wrong. Before your campaign starts, sit down with the system or your GM and figure out just how realistic space is going to be. The GM can do a whole lot of hand-waving about shields or magical protection from the vacuum of space, but if they don't, make sure that you're prepared for that. This might seem a little specific, but the concept can be broadly applied to other aspects of sci-fi RPGs, but don't just be the spaceship person if you can avoid it the crack pilot, the grease monkey that knows every bolt of their vessel, the ace ship gunner that never misses a shot, they all have kind of a fundamental problem. You'll probably have your share of starship battles, no doubt, but what the heck do you do once you've landed? GMs will normally split their adventures between some starship fights and missions touched down on planets, asteroids, and derelict space hulks. It may be tempting to completely design your character around starships, but it can go badly. This advice might be more useful or less useful depending on what type of game system you've chosen, but don't devote your character to an element of the campaign that may not be there all the time, or even really most of the time. One of our writers has spoken about one particular spacefaring adventure with GURPS where one player was devoted to everything that had to do with their ship. They were the mechanic, uh, the ship lived and died with them. Sadly though, 70% of the campaign took place on planets that they landed on. For 70% of the adventure, uh, they basically got to sit around and do nothing while everyone else went and had fun. And I'm not saying you can't be a pilot or a mechanic or a gunner or anything else like that. I'm just saying that you need to diversify a bit. Maybe put a bit of demolitions background into that grease monkey character or maybe give that pilot a history of high-class espionage. Whatever it is, have a plan for what your character is doing for when the ship lands. When you think about it though, this shouldn't be that hard, considering every great sci-fi pilot character also has a few noteworthy qualities that help them when they're outside the ship. I feel like I give this advice a lot, but it's also genuinely good advice in any campaign where you're likely going to be covering long distances. Depending on your game system, you might be pushing a button and instantly arriving at the next planet, or you might have a month-long journey across the stars. If your combat specialist commando doesn't have any idea how to spend a month, They're going to be just bored. Give your character something to do in that downtime. It can be something as simple as a hobby, or it can even be something mechanically useful like magic or explosives crafting. Anything beyond nothing is at least an improvement, though. Long Star Voyages can be a perfect opportunity to make something useful or to really dig into that roleplay with how your character spends their journey. And for any of you DMs out there whose players might be having a bit of a difficult time role playing or figuring out those aspects of their character, be sure to lead by example by having your NPCs also use downtime appropriately. In most fantasy settings, there may be magical items or unique aspects of the setting that take getting used to, but you generally know what does what. You know what a sword does, you know what a goblin is, no one has to stop and look up what exactly a dwarf is. To a certain extent, this is also true in spacefaring adventures. You know what a laser rifle is and you know what a spaceship is, but do you know what a T-500 autofield emitter is? Is it a good thing? Does it explode? I mean, do you guys know what an Alina is? No, you don't. Most fantasy settings get to gloss over this kind of thing by just stamping magic on anything as an explanation. Sci-fi settings tend to give their items long technical names and their intended purpose isn't always clear. If in a fantasy setting, the orc warlord brandishes a flaming sword, you instantly know what's going on. But if a droid pulls out a different model of gun, it's kind of like the noisy cricket scene from Men in Black. You may not know what's going on unless you give some very strong context clues. It's meaningless without the context and understanding of the weapon. This gets especially important in tactical situations where you need to know the target priority and a bit of threat assessment goes a long way. I highly recommend that you take at least a cursory glance through the technical terms and the items within the sci-fi system that you're playing. This might seem a little less important than the other ones, but I promise you it isn't. Every sci-fi setting worth its salt has a ton of slang to pick up. You don't have to be as sophisticated as something like a Clockwork Orange's slang, but fun made-up insults, slick abbreviations, and megacorporation accents can really make a game feel not only authentic, but also very different from your normal fantasy tabletop RPGs. Thankfully, most of sci-fi media has a ton of examples to borrow from. If your setting doesn't spell any of this out, just make something up. Even just a couple of little things can really sell it. If your team plans on going through the Star Wars RPG route, for instance, I don't think you'll have any trouble coming up with cornball things to say in lieu of fantasy-related lingo. But like I tell anyone that's going to do a voice or speak with a certain dialect or anything like that, whether you're a player or a DM, whatever you're going to do in this department, commit. There are obviously a ton of other sci-fi-related tabletop RPGs, and I would really like to talk about more, but these all just seemed like the ones that are either the most popular or most likely to appeal to people that play Dungeons and Dragons 5e. If there are other ones that you guys would like me to talk about and explore, just please let me know because I'm always willing to talk about that kind of stuff. I love everything tabletop RPG, whether it be fantasy or sci-fi. I just really wanted to talk about sci-fi stuff today because it's a change of pace and it's also a change of pace that we have 10,000 subscribers. Holy crap, thank you guys so much. Just wow. Thank you guys so much for watching this video about sci-fi RPGs. Um, I know it's so much different than all the other videos I've done, but I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you've played a sci-fi RPG that you're a big fan of, or if you have nice things to say about the Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG that I am in love with, uh, we can share some stories about that down in the comments. Seriously, just thank you guys so much for watching my videos and letting me know all about your characters and stories and stuff like that. I love reading them every week. Um, Yeah, thank you guys so much. And until next time, farewell.